welcome to the Gross Street Podcast, episode 38, featuring Brian Thomas. Uh, so Brian, welcome man, thanks for coming over to talk. Thanks for having me. We like to practice talking here. We like to keep things civil. Um, so, Brian, you're from Texas. Tell yes, us a little bit yes, about sir. Texas. Where Where in Texas are you from? Well, I'm from a uh, small town called Seguin, Texas, which is um, the closest uh, uh, big city that you'd know about is San Antonio. And uh, it was, um, I'm not sure that it's actually grown quite a bit since um, I was there, since I lived there. Uh, but it's still, um, you know, not, any, not anything close to San Antonio or Austin uh, at this point. So it has a super Walmart, if that gives you any uh, sense of how, <laughs> how big it is. But that's that's pretty much it. But. Now, your girlfriend, partner in crime, partner in mm-hmm. life, Carla, she said that you live near a place called Geronimo, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, well, Geronimo is uh, kind of just a blip um, on the side of the road. Uh, so technically, I did live in Geronimo, but there's really not even a uh, a town per se about to Geronimo. It's just an area? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. It, it, I think at some point in history... <laughs> It was it was some uh, a settlement, but uh, now it's the area I grew up in um, is mostly farmland, ranch land, farmland, whatever you want to call it. Um, so there's really no town to speak of. Seguin is is uh, was the closest um, uh, you know, anything that you'd recognize as a town. So, were your parents involved in agriculture? Um, not directly, uh, not, they weren't farmers. No. Um, my dad, uh, stepdad rather had, uh, cattle and horses, uh, sep- separate from each other, but he did have cattle that grazed on his land. Um, but not any sort of farming, uh, went on there. So. All right. So Texas, you're a long way from the Berg. How did you mm-hmm. end up here living in Bloomfield? That's, that's a pretty long story. Um, I had, uh, I went after graduating from high school, I went to the university of Texas, which is at Austin in Austin. I hear it's a cool and town. It's on my it list of cities to visit. Super cool town. And it still is a super cool town. Um, I think it's uh, fairly, Expen- the cost of living is fairly high at this point, and it was it wasn't low when even when I lived there, but it was reasonable, or you know manageable, I guess. Uh, but it's still really cool. Uh, we went, uh, me and Carla went to visited, revisited Texas again, and uh, actually several other places as well. Uh, and but one of them was Austin, and it was just as cool, if not cooler, than it was before. And I you know recommend any visits to there for, uh, you know, anybody. So, but, but anyway, then I went, I, after I graduated, I went, uh, I got a job, my degree is in, uh, well, they, they call it government, but it's uh, political science. And, uh, with that degree, I, well, I actually, I had actually, while in school, I had kind of interned for a state representative, um, that we, that I, my family had known, uh, knew, and so worked at that job a while. And then when I graduated, I, I got a paying job or, or you know, a livable uh, 
uh, was something a job I could live off of with a state senator. And so I worked that for a couple years. Um, and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed for the most part, I enjoyed it and thought I was, I, you know, I was doing it to it and put it in simple terms to better the world and help people. Um, but I also saw it was, it was still pretty partisan and it, it you know, it was, I saw some things going behind the scenes, if you will, that I, you know, that didn't, I, you know, I, it made me rethink some things and like, well, maybe I should be looking for other things to do. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, kind of, uh, what do I want to do? What, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I, I'd done that for, um, about a year, maybe 18 months. Um, so, you know, wanted to change and I have, uh, some stepbrothers. I have three stepbrothers and one of them had, uh, property in, in this area, not, not in Pittsburgh per se, but, you know, kind of in the surrounding areas in a, a place, uh, called Ambridge. Oh yeah, uh, which is I know up, about Ambridge. Yeah, it's kind of north of here. Uh, there's really nothing going on there too much, but um, no, he did. <laughs> he I did think have they a have place. a bicycle shop still. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, uh, and but they also at that time, you know, I was I just like, well, you, maybe you should take some different, educate yourself a little bit more, or whatever. And I'd always been interested in, um, you know, social issues, things like that. Uh, and they have actually they have a, a seminary there. And I thought, well, maybe I'll take a couple classes there. And well, in front of that, my stepbrother was like, well, you know, if you if you wanted something really different, di- a lot different than Texas, uh, you, you can maybe try this out. You know, since I have some property up here, it was it was like a it was like a, uh, a building that had been converted into apartments. And, you know, you can live there and see how you like it. And so I said, wait, so you went to a heck? seminary in Average yeah. PA? Yeah, and it's took some called, classes there. Uh huh. It's called uh, Trinity, and it's a Episcopal, uh, Episcopal school, and that's what I that's what I am. That's what I call Is myself. Is it still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Uh, it's not. It's not a big. It's not a big school by any means. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but did that? I you know that wasn't really for me, but I I mean, I I, I felt that I'd learned some things, but sure, that you know, wasn't really for me overall. You didn't want uh, to become a priest. No. No. Um. Uh, but, uh, I actually did not like Pittsburgh when I first got here. It, obviously the weather's, uh, very different, a lot of gray, which actually kind of, uh, you know, put me in a gray mood, uh, hmm. sometimes cause I, just cause I wasn't really used to it. And I didn't, on top of that, you know, I'd gone from a very, uh, social environment to almost not knowing anybody, you mm-hmm. know, a very smaller social environment. And, uh, you know, Austin's just made for young people. Yeah. I mean, it's just made for, uh, social networking and having, basically having fun. And that was a complete 180 almost. Did you ever go yeah. to South by Southwest? Back yeah. Oh in the yeah. Day? Yeah. Yeah. Before it was cool. I went, so you went before uh, it was cool. But, yeah. Well, it's, well, it was I hear it's really almost, cool. I hear it's yeah. almost not cool yeah. anymore. It's so cool it's, that it's, it's not cool. Right. It's, there's so much money involved now, yeah. so much mm-hmm. corporate presence that I've heard. It's, it's so crowded that it's, yeah. uh, I mean, I guess if you have a band and you're really trying to make it on the national mm-hmm. scene, you kind of have to go there. But yeah. I've heard that if you are a person that just likes to hang out and hear good music, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to stand in right. lines and mm-hmm. it's expensive it's a, yeah. and it's, mm-hmm. and then you have to look at Pepsi advertisements and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, just, you know, 
Oh yeah, it's uh, completely internet moguls trying to plug Absolutely. their new search engines. You know, I mean, <laughs> it really has gotten pretty much out of control. So uh, uh, I would, I think. It, I mean, I like Jay Z, all right, but uh, right. Well, so do I. But I, I think it's you. You know, you get what I'm saying. It's that become that big to where. You know, it's it's really like you were saying. It's very expensive to even go. It's not just a bunch of garage bands no. getting together and having a right. festival. It's, it's right. much much more than that. They premiere Xfinity War there. You know, uh, so things like Infinity War there. Things like that. You know, yeah. that's how big it's gotten. You know, so um, cool. So you worked your way to Bloomfield. So you, you were you started in Ambridge, PA, yeah. and you slowly mm-hmm. migrated. Into town. Right. Well, part of that, you know, kind of that grayness and not having a lot of friends um, was because it was make you out do that weird far. shit. Man. Yeah. <laughs> out that far. And, you know, all I, you know, started to see started to make friends that were in the city and all the action obviously is in the city. And so why why live there? You know, if uh-huh. you just got to drive back and forth all the time. So um, got a girlfriend, you know, things like that. And then you know, moved here. Yeah. Uh, I think the first, the, the first neighborhood I lived in was shady side. Uh-huh. And, uh, so that was fun. And, you know, here I am in Bloomfield. So here you are. Mm-hmm. What do you do for money, Brian? Uh, I know, I know you work from home. Yeah. Well, I do, um, the, you, you do know, a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, w- w- well, as you know, we do the cat and dog sitting, watching, uh, business, um, I do, I uh, do some fundraising for nonprofits, uh, mostly through, you know, the computer or, or through the phone, you know, uh-huh. uh, um, and, uh, that's, that's kind of it. Really. Do you have a, <laughs> do you have a 40 hour per week job or do you do, no. you, oh, so no. you do lots of odd jobs. Yeah. 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 Well, no, that it's not a set time per se. I can kind of spend some time on it and then. Uh-huh. Know, not spend some time on it. So it's not a nine to five per se. Nice. You know? It's all the, it all depends, you know, on how it goes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but. um, so Carla sort of set us up for this interview because you're involved with the one campaign, uh, yes, which is a mm-hmm. political organization of sorts, sort of, of I, sorts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd characterize it as political because I mean, I think that's a charged word, um, sure. I, I would say it's not a, uh, I would say it's, I want to make, what is the it, main, the, what is it? Uh, the, um, it's a, I would call it an advocacy, advocacy group, a grassroots advocacy organization. And it is, it's a nonprofit. Um, and it's not, it's nonpartisan. Um, uh-huh. so it doesn't, you know, uh, there's no endorsement of candidates or anything and none, um, none, never actually. Um, huh. And but because of that, we've been able to, I think, uh, rise up through all the all the kind of bad negativity, you know, the the negativity and get a lot done. And we will work with both sides of the aisle and we don't make it about left or right. Uh, We make it about, you know, whatever the issue is. And um, we have Republicans, Democrats, independents, you know. Uh, it doesn't, uh, all walks of life in our organization. And, um, what it is, um, in a nutshell is we fight extreme poverty and we've been in business, if you will, uh, advocating for the world's poorest for 12 years now. 
Um, and a big part of that, we also, we don't, uh, we're not boots on the ground. We're not a boots on the ground organization. We're not uh, like the Red Cross or Oxfam or um, a rest, rescue or save the children. Whereas we, we don't send people out, you know, doctors, uh, health professionals out um, to do, you know, to do specific things. We advocate here in the U.S. Um, basically to our Congress and, and the president uh, to maybe to a lesser extent. Uh, we're basically uh, lobbyists, unpaid lobbyists for the world's poorest. And we make sure when you know, every year the United States sets out a budget um, and we make sure that uh, some of the budget, which is uh, less than 1%, that's where the one of the reasons it's called one, because it's usually less than 1% of the U.S. budget goes to life-saving programs, um, uh, things like antiretrovirals for HIV AIDS, uh, that that has been one of our major focuses. Um, I don't want to say, it, I mean, it's not in the past because that's still something, of course, that we work on. Uh, but that was what I would call a success in a lot of ways. Uh, things like clean water, uh, things like bringing electricity to rural areas uh, so that hospitals can, you know, continue to function. Incubators can continue to, continue to function. Vaccines can be refrigerated uh, things that you know we don't really think about at all really the average person probably doesn't think of average american probably doesn't think about that but uh, those are things that are not are not you know uh, happening a lot in certain parts of the world uh so you know we we think it's the united states uh moral duty um to do that uh to provide you know those sorts of things and it, and it only takes you get a lot of bang for your buck, and it, uh, we're asking less than one percent of the U.S. budget go to that, um, and 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 many other benefits as well. One of the benefits um, that we talk about, maybe to more of our representative senators, are that are more um, centered on national security. You know, that's one of the, maybe their focuses uh, is one of that. Is that I think if the you know the healthier people are the safer they are, and a lot of are the you know the safer uh, their society is, and they don't fall um, they don't fall for um, despots and tyrants as much. Maybe you know uh, radicals, radical religious leaders sometimes you know, um, and you know so so there's many aspects many positive i think benefits uh for doing this um so you guys are fighting extreme poverty around the world yes. and you're you're trying to encourage those in power those in control of the budget to donate just a little bit of money 1% right. or less of the of the US budget to help extreme poverty that's uh, exactly right mm -hmm. my question a question that comes up is how did you find this organization as above all else? Cause mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I talked to you, you seem like a nice guy. You seem like a, like a loving person. You want to do at least something for those less fortunate than you. So, mm -hmm. uh, I guess my question is twofold. My first question is, you know, what about your upbringing made you want yeah. to do something like this? And mm -hmm. then two, how did you end up with the one organization as opposed to, a church or right. trying to work with a partisan group or, yeah. or, or, or mm -hmm. et cetera. Right. Um, I think 
I mentioned before, um, one of the reasons I think that I got into, uh, that I did get into um, politics, I guess you said, I'd rather call it public service, is, you know, the things I enjoyed about it was was helping people. You know, we, um, I, what I, one of the things I did was, uh, mainly did, was constituent services. And that was basically people calling in and saying, hey, I got a problem. And can mm-hmm. you help me out with it? And sometimes we could help, sometimes we couldn't. Um, but that was where I found that that's what I found most, most rewarding about the job. And, um, it feels good to help people. Yeah. 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 And I think, well, and I think that's, you know, our duty and our purpose to do that. I think that's, that's what, um, you know, public service should be for. You yeah. ever you ever hear of the uh, <laughs> piano player Herbie Hancock? Yeah, oh yeah. I was watching a documentary about jazz, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there, and he's being interviewed, and he said, he said, "What's the?" He, I'm, I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. people, but he says, "What's the purpose of music? The purpose of music is to serve mankind." Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, what's the purpose of life?" Is yeah. It? to serve mankind mm-hmm. or something. He said, and yeah. he's the, one of the only <laughs> people in my life who ever has been able to say with any bit of confidence, what the meaning of life yeah. is mm-hmm. like Herbie Hancock says, the meaning of life is to serve mankind. Yeah. And he's right. I feel like, he, yeah, I feel like he's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, he doesn't have a lot of competition mm-hmm. because most people don't have the balls to tell you what to do with your life. But yeah. if you look at it through that lens, I think it's, I think that's a beautiful simplification of life in a way is mm-hmm. that if you at least try to serve mankind mm-hmm. in some way, yeah. and, and of course that's still a very vague statement. Okay. Yeah. Serve mankind. That can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Not in ways. the way that on, that they did on the twilight. <laughs> did you ever see that episode? No, I oh, haven't seen you, the twilight zone oh, since you like first really. grade. Yeah, you really should. But. Okay. We'll have to get back to yeah. the Twilight Zone. They but they do a uh, funny little. I guess if you serve them on that, if you serve well, them death, it's, it's kind of well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a funny store. It's kind of a uh, ironic st- to serve mankind. They you just have to see the episode. So <laughs> okay, but um, okay, uh, where were we? We got off track a little bit. Sorry about that. So, <laughs> um. All right, just quick, quickly. Were you raised in a religious household? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, not a, um, you know, not a even, not a conservative evangelical household, but we definitely, um, you know, went to church and Episcopalian, mm-hmm. which it, aren't normally, you know, they're not usually um, evangelical or, you know, along those lines. But you have you have some you have some Christian values uh-huh. in your upbringing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think uh, one of the things that didn't you know my uh, mother and uh, my stepdad were always involved in the community, you know, always yeah. doing that sort of thing. And they I, they really did set a, a great example, uh, you know, for me and my my mother always you know made made sure that you know you you treat people the way you want to be treated, the golden rule, all that sort of thing. And um and she lived it and she did it. You know, she would go out of her way to uh, give money to homeless people. And there wasn't, you know, in our small town, there wasn't a lot of homeless people. So you had to kind of search them out a little bit. It's not like, you know, the bigger cities where they're, 
you know, a, a lot of different places. But so she did that and that, that set a good example for me at a young age. So I think that, you know, that did inspire me to do this a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So, so how did you find the one campaign? I mean, you were yeah. obviously, you went to, mm-hmm. you studied at a seminary for a while. It's not like you were completely unaware of people yeah. that were trying to help people right. or try or people who are trying to serve yeah. their fellow man. So mm-hmm. how did you find one? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did. Um, I think the, the first time I heard about one, it was, through U2, Bono, the lead singer from U2, is one of the founders. Of Shout Bono. out to Bono. Yeah. I know he's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'll call in. in a minute. Um, but uh, he, you know, he, he, well, he has always been um, active in philanthropy and uh, philanthropy and, you know, these sorts of causes uh, from, you know, since the 80s. Uh, and it's it, he bounced around a little bit. He tries to fight the good fight. He does. He's he does. been criticized, but yeah. it never stopped him. No, no. He tries. And, right. He And he keeps on trying. And I think, but one thing, well, one thing that did impress me about one was how pretty practical they are and results oriented. Hmm. Um, and I think that's what made it stand above um, a lot of the other organizations that I was that do, uh, by the way, they do great work and, and the church does great work. You know, they do, they do great, great work and, uh, they've, you know, made, made, you know, made a difference if you will. Uh, but uh, you know, I, results are important and, you know, comprehensive programs are important and, you know, um, maybe innovative ways of think new ways of thinking of, um, if something doesn't work, you know, you need to change. And so I think that's what impressed me, uh, about one that they did have a, uh, kind of a comprehensive program, um, to fight extreme poverty. I, and one of their early, and one of their early successes was, excuse me, um, uh, working on HIV AIDS, you know, at that, you know, early on, um, in the eighties and nineties, uh, they weren't around in the eighties and nineties, but, um, early on, but it was still the tail end was still pretty bad. Uh, the AIDS epidemic and they, they started to work on that and they had a lot of success at that uh, distributing antiretrovirals to people who wouldn't have them. So they save them from a death sentence. Basically what Equals, Bo- was Bono involved with this? Because yeah. he's, he's known for his work in trying to prevent the spread of HIV right. and AIDS in Africa. Right. I don't know details about mm-hmm. that, but this uh, w- when when was the one campaign mm-hmm. birthed? I know that Bono yeah. has been involved with that, and mm-hmm. um, that that was kind of its birth um, right there through you know? through mm-hmm. Bono and his people trying to donate money to. Yeah educate mm-hmm. Africans and yeah. world populations mm-hmm. about the spread of HIV AIDS. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also distribute those drugs, you know, the antiretrovirals. To Do you like people. U2's music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite <laughs> U2 album? Uh, album. Um, it depends, you know, I hate to say this, but it depends on what mood I'm in. Uh, it's, you know, and, and some things do get played to death. Uh, I will say that. Um, Did you see them when they played? 
Was it Joshua well, Tree yeah. the whole way through? Yeah, yeah. I well, bet that was good. That's yeah. a good one, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in that, well, if you're in a Joshua Tree kind of mood. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that uh, one um, allows volunteers to do is to uh, volunteer during their shows. Um, before, usually before, it used to be before and after, but now it's just before, is to go out and have people sign up for the one campaign or whatever uh, project we're working on at the moment. Um, and then, and then they get to see the show. So I've gotten to see the past few tours, I think all the way back to 2005, every time they've toured. So, so that's been fun. Nice. You know, so, and they do that uh, concert outreach uh, pretty effectively. You know, we get a lot of people signed up and um, so that's been fun and an effective way to, to get the word out, you know, and then usually during the concerts, he has, he, you know, talks about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw uh, sometimes you much to the chagrin of some of his fans, but, but uh-huh. he doesn't, like you were saying earlier though, he doesn't stop and he won't stop doing that sort of thing. So he does, uh, you know, they, they, I think they reach a lot of people that way too. So he, uh, Bono had some health scares recently, mm-hmm. um, not to go totally off topic, but you know, I, I saw a picture of him. I think they performed during the Grammys or one of the awards, one of the big award mm-hmm. shows had a performance by U2. I think it was in New York City. They performed on a barge or something. And yeah. it was post Bono's uh, most recent health scare. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought he looked, he looked weathered to me. Yeah. And I don't mean that in any way to say that he's, dismissive but i've yeah. always respected bono you know feel a little older too you know so. yeah when i was growing up my sister was a huge u2 fan mm-hmm. and um you know, because of sibling rivalry or whatever uh you know i thought she played u2 songs <laughs> to death and, and yeah uh, you know so bono yeah. was always associated with yeah. my sister growing up mm-hmm. which meant I kind of thought you u2 was yeah. annoying but <laughs> right i was fortunate i, fortu- yeah. I was fortunate enough to see them I saw them on the Zuropa tour, oh. and uh, well, then you saw a good one. I mean, that's that was a good one, classic. Yeah, and a couple after that that I can't mm-hmm. remember. But I mean, no doubt they put on a good show. Yeah, and uh, I've always respected Bono. I mean, Bono tries to do what he thinks is right, mm-hmm. and while sure anybody that is an active human being is going to make mistakes. I mean. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, he's been criticized. Nobody's beyond criticism that is right. an active mind mm-hmm. who's actively doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, I'm glad to learn about this organization mm-hmm. very, very late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you guys working on now? I, I feel like there's a uh, specific item mm-hmm. that you guys are, are trying to get behind right now. Yeah. So would you care to speak on yeah. that? Well, one thing I want to say before that, um, a lot of the focus, you know, is on Bono and um, and some other, and they've been, they, I think they've effectively used other, his friends usually, his other celebrities to kind of get the word out. But on, it's, one is very grassroots level as well. Um, you know, separate from a, and apart from Bono in a lot of ways, you know, these are, these are people from all walks of life, soccer moms, you know, um, uh, people just just all different walks of life and uh that is advocating for these 
these issues and um you don't have to be a youtube fan no not at all not at all not at all and uh and i think that's that's actually where our strength comes from and when we go talk to uh, a senator or representative um they you know it's it's important to them that they see their constituents that are out there, you know, in the trenches or whatever you want to call it. And, and you know, Bon is always fun, of course, and it makes a splash when he visits as well. But I, I do think, you know, he can't vote <laughs> for so, <laughs> That's right. So they do, you know, we, we really do are the backbone. And um, so that's uh, that's what I, you know, want to add that to but, um, celebrity stuff. But Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like uh, is there a specific item yeah. that you guys oh, are yeah, working yeah. on now? Yeah, yeah, Because Because so, Car- Carla said yeah. I had to take your picture. <laughs> To prove that you yeah. were here, and it yeah. wasn't a phony Brian yeah. Thomas. <laughs> My doppelganger. Uh, so yeah, what are you what are you guys working so, on now? What's uh, well, give in, us the nitty gritty. In the past, uh, we've worked, um, and we still will continue to work on this. Uh, the budget, like well, like we mentioned, the budget, and uh, to set that aside, that is basically, you know, things that, um, uh, life saving things, basic things, um. Like, like we're saying, life-saving drugs, uh, clean water, things of that uh, nature set aside. So this is a little bit different. Uh, what this is, one of the best, we, you know, one of the things um, that this is about, one of the best ways to alleviate uh, extreme poverty is, you know, is kind of improve the economy and give people jobs, you know. Uh, so that's what this, uh, the, the current project that we're focused on now is. It's called the BUILD Act. And what that stands for, it's, uh, we love our acronyms over at once. So let me read this out to make sure I get it right. Uh, it's the BUILD Act. And it what it stands for is the Better Utilization of Investments Leading to Development um, Act of 2018. And so what it is uh, basically is it's a, to explain it, I guess, in the simplest terms, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a bank, if you will, that will uh, give out loans. And I guess the best analogy is say, well, you know, um, say if you, I'm going to just use myself as an example, say, you know, I'm a, uh, if I go to a bank and get a, and try to ask for a loan for a business that I want to start, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be considered a, a high risk, um, loan. And so a lot of banks may or may not, they, they probably wouldn't, um, give me that loan. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same, you know, the same thing works on a, a larger scale. Um, and, you know, internationally. And, and so what this, what this act does, uh, essentially it sets up, um, uh, a bank, if you will, it's, it, they call it a develop development finance corporation. Uh, and so say a, um, a person, uh, wants to, uh, set up a business where they distribute water filtration sense. Uh, systems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they go to the bank, and then the, the bank says, "Well, no, th- this is kind of a, you know, it's a high risk country that you're doing this is. There may be a lot of political turmoil where you're, where you want to set this up, and there's probably not, you know, you probably not, we're not probably not going to get a lot of return on our investment on in this project. So no, basically. Uh, so what that person would be able to do is go to this uh, development finance corporation and they would say yes to that because uh, because it, it promotes social good. And they would give you that basically what amounts to a high-risk loan, and she could go you know, to a developing country and start that business, um, which you know, would obviously water filtration systems 
uh, is a, you know, is a good thing, positive development. Um, so, and so the money for the build act is for this bank that would make these high risk loans. Mm -hmm. This is coming from wealthy nations that it can is. afford less right. than 1% of their budget to go toward right human exactly. development programs. Mm -hmm. That's okay. exactly there has, there so does, where, mm -hmm. where are they trying to set up, say uh, build office? Right. Uh, what, well, what, what's a country that needs mm -hmm. the service? This is, is this is probably going to mostly set up in sub-Sahara Africa and um, you know, but countries below kind of below the equator in Africa and it's, it's not set up yet, but it'll, you know, basically serve that area. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, for people like me, who's just some, you know, knucklehead working guy mm -hmm. in Western PA, right. uh, does someone like me have any influence on that? You know, yes. with how I vote? Uh huh. Absolutely. How does that work? Um, well, the main thing we're asking people right now is to call their uh, senator and representatives or write a letter and tell them to support the Build Act. And it's uh, the Senate number for the bill is uh, S for Senate, uh, 2463. And then on the House side, it's HR 5105. And so you can call, you know, call up your senator representative and say, well, you can just say support the Build Act, and they will, they'll know what you're talking about generally. But if you know, you can also add the num the bill's number to that. Um, can you email me this stuff so yeah. I? Uh, well, actually, so I can I can plug it appropriately because funny this is, you ask. Hey, <laughs> we have a uh, sample letter right here that you can look over. Can I have this? Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. All right. And you can you can actually have two if you want one. For okay. Jennifer or somebody. Yeah. And uh, that explains a little bit about it, and the it's it's kind of pre prepared. So yeah. You, so good. You guys are organized. Mm hmm. I like it. Cool, man. So how long how long have you been working with the one campaign? Twelve years. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Who introduced you, or did you? F how? Did, how? Um, because I, I had never heard of it until I met yeah. you guys. Okay. I'm just curious, and yeah. I, I mean, I and I've seen you two, two or three times. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? The, yeah. Well, no, they do mention it usually um, in their concerts, so you may not have been paying attention in that part. That's <laughs> that is very possible. I was they, pretty. They I was usually, pretty young. It was high school and earlier. Yeah. Oh well, not maybe not that far back, but nineties. Um, so I'm, I'm no, well, late he, 90s. yeah, he didn't. No, one wasn't around then. But the, the ah, last, okay, the last couple of concerts. I was gonna say <laughs> that last time I saw them. Um, okay, well, that was a while back then. All right. What's what's their album that has you two like hanging out in the airport? Um, oh, all that you can't leave behind. I saw them on that mm -hmm. tour. Yeah, and PJ Harvey opened for yeah. them. And I think I saw that one. That concert was awesome. <laughs> yeah. That concert was awesome, I I and I was. I was a believer yeah. when I saw that oh, show yeah. and PJ Harvey was great uh -huh. as an opener. Um, shout out to PJ Harvey. I'm sure she's mm -hmm. listening. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say, I, don't, I didn't remember the one campaign from that period. Yeah. No, I think at that time they, they, it hadn't been, you know, fully coalesced yet. So, Okay. On the next tour, they they definitely were because I remember. So going so, to that, so um just just for the record, was it the band U two that introduced you to one or was yeah. it a friend? Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah, U2. and then okay. you know I researched it on my own too, and uh, uh -huh. saw that they had a. Uh, like I mentioned, the the thing that was impressive about it to me was it was a a fish. It was 
comprehensive, you know, and, and once they kind of did a lot of work on the HIV uh, front, you know, they, they realized this was, this was a, a complex problem that had, you know, more than just one piece, more than just the HIV piece. It was, Life is very yeah. complex. Right. Most most things mm-hmm. right. <laughs> are very complex and, if you look at them and closely. Extreme enough. poverty is very complex, you know, yeah. and there, there are a lot yeah. of different factors and it's different. So they did take that, uh, you know, results oriented, um, comprehensive uh, approach. You know, my, my idea is like we can all, one of the things that, you know, impressed me about him is like, you know, we can all kind of like hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? But, you know, how does that effectively changing things you know you have to have you have to be results oriented so and yeah. I think they are so and you, you know you can still sit around and hold hands and sing kumbaya too but yeah <laughs> but you know or, or you could sing another song yeah or or whatever you know it, it's important not just to be you know like oh let's wish things oh let's you know well, we all feel good about feeling good about the world, but and changing the world, but you have to actually have some action behind it. Yeah. So. And that's work. I mean, yeah, I and like, the, I like the idea of what you're doing. It appeals to me, but it will be a chore to sit yeah. down on my computer it's... on my day off and, <laughs> and, and no, absolutely. email, uh, you know, my state yeah. Senator or absolutely or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's work. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you have to uh, you have to walk yeah. the talk if if you really want mm-hmm. to see, you know. It takes commitment over influence. time. It really yeah. does. And and uh, one of the um, things that's tied into this build act is we had it's similar in a lot of ways. Um, is I want to say it's about uh, two years ago now. Is that um, uh, we got behind a piece of legislation uh, that would provide electricity. Uh, to mostly, you know, sub-Saharan African countries, um, uh, a lot of rural areas. Things I mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, powering hospitals, you know, powering airports, powering schools. Uh, things obviously, you know, it's something that we don't even think about, right? But, but um, in a lot of places, it's that's not it's not the reality for a lot of people that are, you know, we heard stories or their stories or reality of, you know students wanting to study and they have to go all the way into town to do it. And sometimes they have to go all the way to the airport. Cause sometimes the airport is the only thing that's lighted at night. Um, and they study under the light of, uh, you know, the airport lights. And mm. you think about how think about school kids here that don't, you know, want to study at all sometimes. And these they have infinite these, electricity and Right. And these, uh, these kids were going walking miles to do this, you know, and, and pretty dangerous conditions sometimes, you know, in, um, uh, some, some of these countries. So, uh, so, so yeah. And that what so that was a success. Um, it was called the electrify Africa act actually. And, uh, we saw that from the beginning you know, when we, we had a couple, what they, what they call, they call them co-sponsors is when a, is a rep or Senator decides that he supports this and they will sponsor it. You know, a bill has to be sponsored, um, in the beginning and to push it through. And, you know, you, you build up that support for it and, um, over, over the course of a legislative year and they finally vote on it, you know, and then it either, passes or it doesn't pass 
uh, if it gets, you know, majority or whatever. Uh, so we, that was like one of our first successful pieces of legislation that we got passed. And uh, this is, you know, this is kind of similar to that. So. Excellent. All right. Brian Thomas, you got your heart in the right place. You got a good head <laughs> on your shoulders, yeah. but are you ready for some stock questions? <laughs> sure. From the grocery podcast. All right, here we go. You hit the lottery. <laughs> you, uh, you're going to take home $200 million mm. after taxes. Um, you're square with uncle Sam and you don't know what to do with so much money, but you do decide you sit down with Carla, you say, okay, well at least 15% is going to go to some kind of good cause. You want to help the less fortunate or help the planet out or whatever with 15%. So you have $30 million Mm -hmm. and you're going to give that to charity Mm -hmm. or or put it behind some kind of good social cause. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's an organization that might get a check from you? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously you, you, you're a big supporter of the one organization, Uh but you're not necessarily fundraising through them so much. Absolutely. Well, one thing about uh, one, our little, one of our mottos is, uh, we're not asking for your money. We're asking for your voice. So we never actually solicit, uh, funds from the public. And, um, and that's, that's one of the been, been one of the easy things about working with one is that we don't have to ask for money. Yeah. <laughs> so we just ask for your voice. You Conversation know, changes it. drastically it, when you start it to really ask does, for money. Cause right? I've done that and immediately it, it changes it. It's a uh, whole, you're, you're in a whole nother <laughs> it, world. It really does. It really does. And, you know, and and that some of the negative things that go along with that. So one is actually, uh, you know, takes that pressure right off. So, so let me ask you um, this: Does one need funding? Uh, it does need funding, but it gets private funding. Okay. And some of it is from you know who. <laughs> yeah, right. Now <laughs> and so, some others as well. So but, you've got but, thirty million dollars. You're yeah. going to give it all to charity and good causes and stuff. So I mean, you're going to give them a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay. No, actually, no. They no. don't take anything. They don't really. They don't take. They don't. They've got people donations. way more powerful than you. Well. Do. Bono funds a lot of it. Mono, so, Mono and write. some of his friends, you know. So, All right, so, so that's for the stuff for the stuff that you really <laughs> uh, yeah, do need yeah, cash yeah. for, what uh, what might you give some well, cash Well, I think uh, a lot of uh, I think I would probably give a lot of it to uh people to organizations that are helping out refugees. Um that's uh you know, I I think that holds as kind of a special place in my my heart especially you know now uh in this political climate where you know, it's, it's tough for them and they've been demonized in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, I think they need advocacy as well and, uh, and help as well. So I think that's, uh, a lot of it would go to that. So. And a lot of them are just trying to work Yeah, and they'll wipe oh, yeah. your ass for you yeah. if, 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 if they can, right. If you'll let them, mm-hmm. um, uh, any other, anything else, um, now, obviously, we, we do have some refugees in Pittsburgh, but mm-hmm. is, uh, are there any local things that uh, you'd really like to see more light, you know, shined upon mm-hmm. in the Pittsburgh area? Like, you know, you guys are you guys rely a lot on public transportation. Yeah, I don't know how much you know that needs 10, 20, too. 30 million would <laughs> would do for public transportation, yeah. but yeah, uh, I know some people on the podcast have mentioned you know, oh yeah, wanting to put some more mm-hmm. effort behind improving public yeah. transport. Yeah, um, I think for a city uh, that is this size, and you know, supposedly one of the, you know, the the more livable cities or the more attractive cities to move to, 
that is something that needs improvement. You know, it's it's kind of expensive relatively to other cities. Uh, speaking of San Antonio, to ride the bus. Yeah, speaking yeah. of San Antonio, I think I think it was um, a dollar um, to ride there. It's you know two seventy five here one way. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, that needs it's $1 to ride the bus in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. And I think another dollar for a transfer is for $2 for a round trip uh-huh. ride. We're here. It's, was that five fifty? You know, just little things like that. You know, it's like, Oh, that's not that much, but it, what if you do it every day? You know, yeah. what if so you do it five days? Can week? you buy a transfer on the Pittsburgh you can't bus system? Anymore. You, you cannot. can't. No, you can't. You used to be able to buy it for a dollar. You, you pay the initial price of, 275 they don't do transfers at all they do not so you have to pay the same way back so if i rode the bus downtown for work yeah i would pay 275 each way yes so it's five five fifty all right that's my math right it is expensive yeah Mm -hmm. my goodness every day every day wow yeah yeah and and service (laughs) and for that price you think the service would be good but you know so you know since we're on the topic um i know i talked to carla about this a little bit but uh you also, you live a car-free lifestyle. Yes. You live in the city mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh, which, I mean, right. we're not in Manhattan, people. We no. don't have a subway that goes everywhere. No. Um, no. How, how long has it been for you since you've had a car? I lost track. It's been a long years. time. It's yeah. been years. Mm-hmm. What's the best thing about not owning a car? Less stress. I Less think. stress. Yeah. Low carbon footprint. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of peaceful. Just, uh, you know, in every... Uh, when I did have a car, it's just, you have to pay insurance. You know, I, I, I was fortunate enough not to have to make a car payment, but, um, you know, insurance, you know, worrying about it, parking, it's just, it's one thing after another and something, unless it's a brand new car and even then like something's going to go wrong at some point and you're going to need repairs, you know? So what's the hardest thing about not having, um, Pittsburgh, uh, going out of this traveling, you know, yeah. if you want to go, uh, you know, say to New York or Philadelphia or somewhere like that, then you do have to rent a car. But I think that's. Do you, do you rent cars uh, for yep. road trips mm-hmm. from time yep. to time? Do you yep. have a favorite car rental service? Yeah, Enterprise up the yeah. street there on Enterprise South Millvale. Enterprise is good. That's who I. Uh, that's <laughs> on who, South Millvale. That's, there. Those are my we, guys. We should get paid for. <laughs> Uh, enterprise, if you want to pay me for advertisements, <laughs> well, I will, I will, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to go into it, but they've always been super nice and, uh, upgraded, uh, upgraded us. Hey. I do sound like I'm getting paid, but yeah, no, but they actually have been really, uh, pretty cool and our, all our dealings with them. So yeah, I'm going to see them in the next month here and I'm going to mm-hmm. let them know and say, enterprise, yeah, listen, we, listen, I talk, I talk <laughs> about you guys on my podcast in a very positive yeah. way. <laughs> we did. Can we I get did. a double upgrade? Yeah. Yeah, and they a, will. And a if discount. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to push them too hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Next question. I don't know if you're a baseball fan. Are you a baseball no. fan? No. Okay, Sorry. but metaphorically. Yeah. Baseball metaphors. Yeah. Baseball metaphor. <laughs> uh, it's the World Series, and you're up <clears> to bat, and the bases are loaded, and you want to hit a grand slam. Uh, what's a walkout song you might use? Mm. Well, uh, what, do you have any music that you listen to when like you really want to kick ass? Yeah. Well, I mentioned in a pause normally kind of way. <laughs> bad to the bone. Bad to the bone comes on when I walk into a room. Uh, Who did that song? Uh, George Jay- Thorogood and the Destroyers. That's right. That. So uh, that's f- fun '80s rock. You know, I love, I love that. So. All right, but you guys, 
you know a thing or two about punk rock, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have any? I, uh, I would say I'm an expert at it. You're not an expert. Well, yeah. nobody is. There's, I mean, they're yeah. punks. Come on. Right. You're not supposed to be an <laughs> it's, expert. It's not punk to be an Experts expert. Experts right? are lame <laughs> yeah. in the world of punk right. rock. But right. uh, anti-expert. Yeah. What if? Uh, <clears throat> what if you just need you know to get pumped up? You know, mm-hmm. you need to get off the couch. Uh, what are some good punk bands? If, if people people who are bored with music because of you know, Spotify and everything, you know, promoting the same 40 people, uh, you know, any good punk bands that you, you fall back to for some good motivational yeah, music? Um, I've always liked the, the clash actually. Um, ah, so second you know, guy of 2018 to plug the clash. <laughs> yeah. I think they're, you know, the best, probably one of the best, you know, I, do you have a favorite clash album? Um, you can say no. Yeah. Uh, well, I had to, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. That's you know, okay. Uh, but the Clash, yeah. good band. Sandinista was pretty good. Um, it was. It, I guess that's not one of their more popular ones. Uh, I remember the uh, in the, in the, back in the eighties uh, when because um, because I lived in Texas then the, uh, the you know the video set in uh, Texas with the armadillo going across and the oil fields in the background. Hmm. That really made an impression on me. <laughs> yeah. Rock the Casbah. Yeah. So, and I think that's really, I don't know if I've ever seen the video. For yeah. It's, 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 I think it's one of the few videos that they actually had regular play on MTV. So, huh. And I was like, Oh, what is this? That's, they're different. I'll check them out. So, and that's how I got kind of into them. But all right. Last topic. I want to go on a little pop culture bender. Uh oh. All right. So there's this guy who lived in the late 1700s and early 1800s named oh, okay. Thomas Robert Malthus. Uh-huh. And uh, I was reading about this guy because of the New York Times review of Infinity War, mm-hmm. the new Marvel movie. And so Malthus wrote about this idea that population control mm-hmm. is out of hand. Right. And the population uh, growth, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not saying this right, but food production, the idea is that food production is not going to keep Mm -hmm. up with the population growth. Right. And this dilemma is a dilemma in the most recent Mm -hmm. Marvel movie, Avengers Infinity War, Mm -hmm. which you saw, right? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? It's very entertaining, Mm -hmm. right? So the villain in the movie is named Thanos Mm -hmm. and his deal is that he wants to be the savior of worlds by going to a world and just immediately eliminating half of the population Mm -hmm. so that the remaining half of the population can eat as much as they want and have space to be happy and they don't have to fight over land and things Mm -hmm. like that. So uh, I thought that Infinity War was interesting in that the villain was a little bit more complex than usual right. mm-hmm. and a little bit more Absolutely. powerful than yeah. usual. Yeah. The good uh, villains always are, you know? Yeah. They, to me, a good villain doesn't see himself as the villain. You know, he sees himself as the hero. Yeah. He sees himself as the protagonist and it's not that he's just an asshole. So, <laughs> you know, he's not just, he's not just doing it for, uh, you know, simple, dumb reasons. I'm greedy. I'm an asshole or whatever. He, he has a philosophy that he is behind and all the great villains who Darth Vader does, you know, I'm going to bring balance to the universe. I'm, you know, I have this, 
you know, have a plan that in their minds, you know, is actually uh, helping positive. And uh, I think Thanos is the same type of villain. So, so you're right. He is complex and um, that's what makes him a good villain. Interesting, interesting uh, villain character. And the criticism of Thanos is that he's more into genocide. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not just, yeah. he's not just, you know, balancing the population right. the way Western Pennsylvania hunters uh, right. balance out the yeah. deer population. Yeah. But really he's, he's a, uh, the, mm-hmm. the heroes in the movie, they, they're trying to paint him as a homicidal maniac mm-hmm. that just needs to be stopped. But, right. uh, yeah, but we don't want to give too many spoilers away yeah. because, yeah. Disney secretly owns yeah. the Grove Street podcast. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'll take you out. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think that enough time has gone by to where you can say spoiler alert, right? And then yeah. if they haven't seen it, they can shut off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. If you haven't seen Infinity War and you really want to, stop this podcast now. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, it's a good movie, right? Let's see. They yeah. say Thanos will return. They didn't say right. Spider-Man will return. They yeah. said Thanos will return. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good point. And uh, you mentioned a, 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 a philosophy of behind it. There's a philosophy called utilitarianism, which means like, what, do you utilitarianism? Yeah. You, do you make a small sacrifice to for the greater good? You know, and um, that's I think that's how Thanos Thanos sees himself as like you know we're. I'm going to kill half the population to, but the re, you know, it's for the greater, for the greater good. Right. And I think that, uh, that's a sales pitch anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, particularly I think the, the heart of the Marvel universe is, is cap captain America. And he, he says, we don't trade lives. Right. And in that moment, no matter what, no matter what the consequences are, you have to, save that person in front of you, you know, and that's, and I think that's the morality that he lives by. He doesn't think about, well, this may or may not be good for the greater good, uh, later on, but I can do this thing that's in front of me and save this, you know, save this person in front of me. So, and I think those are the dueling philosophies in that. And that's what makes, that's what makes the, it, it interesting you know, thought provoking, I think. So. Yeah, it was, it was more thought provoking mm-hmm. than I thought. Um, I almost didn't go see the movie because it was two and a half hours long. Yeah, and I thought, movie. uh, you know, <laughs> am I just going to feel like, a... but it goes by fast, doesn't it? It did. Yeah, it yeah. did. I, Before it, you know, I like... was impressed. I was mm-hmm. impressed. Uh, the, the, the man in the high castle at Disney is, mm. is, is making some, uh, <laughs> interesting decisions. Yeah. Um, I will continue going to the movies. Right. Um, anything else out there? You seen any other good movies lately? Any other, uh, any other uh, pop culture things that uh, have influenced you lately? Mm. Um, you can say I'm trying no. Trying to think. Uh, oh, you I'm can sure say let me I'm down. really, I'm really into <laughs> pop culture, but um, we're. Uh, I'm a big Stephen King fan, uh, and in July we're going to some. Uh, we're going to drive up to Maine, uh, to Bangor. And uh, for a, a fan-led um, con uh, called King Kong, King Kong uh, 2018. King Kong. Yeah, K, the King and then the con spelled with a K uh, convention, you know. Um, and so that should be fun. Um, 
Uh, what are you going to do? Get together and well, read? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, just uh, just kind of a fan get together. We are going to, they, they do have a kind of author signing session uh, for a little bit. And then we're just going to hang out. And um, so, well, uh, will Bangor, Stephen King be there? I don't know if I'm allowed. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. I will see. I hope so. We'll that? see what happens as Trump. Right, say. right, right. Um, but some other uh, people that have written co-written books with them will be there. They're confirmed. Uh, so that'll be fun. And it'll just be fun to meet with friends. And uh, I don't know if you've read any Stephen King, but uh, one of the towns that a lot of uh, things take place in is called Derry, uh, Maine. And Derry is actually modeled on uh, Bangor, which is a real, you know, real town. And so that'll, uh, th- so that'll be fun. That's where it's taking place. So that's where it, you've, you've uh, seen the movie it. Yeah. That's where that takes place. So, all right. Very good. Well, Brian Thomas. Hey man, very nice, uh, having you here on the Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Uh, any special shout outs, uh, you want to put out there before we <laughs> take off and move on with our lives? Uh, well, uh, write your, Right, your senator and your U.S. representative in support of the Build Act, and that's uh, Senate uh, Bill 2463, uh, and the House Bill is H.R. 5105. You, uh, and you can call them as well um, and uh, you know, help out and uh, let's fight extreme poverty. And thank you for having me. And yeah, <laughs> we'll put some we'll put some links in the emails and the Instagram posts Absolutely. and everything for the one campaign. If anybody out there is interested, all right, Brian. Hey, man, very nice talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.